0: I I don't O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Sunday, October 10th. Thank you for joining me in a new Torah reading cycle for this year. For those of you who are new to Daily Audio Torah, you are in for an amazing adventure in the Word of God for this next year. The Word of God is what protects us against deception and delusion. In the world we now live in, finding truth is something you have to seek after with all of your heart, because there are so many lies being pushed and promoted through the mainstream media. We must love truth and seek after truth. Truth is a person. And that person is Yeshua. We are warned about a strong, deluding spirit that will be present in the end of days, as it is written in 2 Thessalonians 2, 9-12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Beloved, I believe we are rapidly approaching the end of day, so guard your mind and your heart by staying in the Word and staying close to Yeshua. for the Hebrew Scriptures, and from the King James, for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin the Torah portion, Lek Lekah. Genesis 12, 1-13 The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be like a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran, and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the Oak of Moray. At that time the area was inhabited by Canaanites." Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country, with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord. Then Abram continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev. At that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt, where he lived as a foreigner. As he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abram said to his wife Sarai, "'Look, you are a very beautiful woman. "'When the Egyptians see you, they will say, "'This is his wife. Let's kill him, then we can have her.' "'So please,' Tell them you are my sister. Then they will spare my life and treat me well because of their interest in you. Jeremiah 14.11-16.15 Then the Lord said to me, Jeremiah, Do not pray for these people anymore. When they fast, I will pay no attention. When they present their burnt offerings and grain offerings to me, I will not accept them. Instead, I will devour them with war, famine, and disease. Then I said, O oh, sovereign Lord, Their prophets are telling them all is well. No war or famine will come. The Lord will surely send you peace. Then the Lord said, These prophets are telling lies in my name. I did not send them or tell them to speak. I did not give them any messages. They prophesy of visions and revelations they have never seen or heard. They speak foolishness made up in their own lying hearts. Therefore, this is what the Lord says, I will punish these lying prophets, for they have spoken in my name, even though I never sent them. They say that no war or famine will come, but they themselves will die by war and famine. As for the people to whom they prophesy, their bodies will be thrown out into the streets of Jerusalem victims of famine and war. There will be no one left to bury them, husbands, wives, sons, and daughters. All will be gone. For I will pour out their own wickedness on them. Now Jeremiah say this to them, Night and day my eyes overflow with tears. I cannot stop weeping for my virgin daughter. My precious people has been struck down and lies mortally wounded. If I go out into the fields, I see the bodies of people slaughtered by the enemy. If I walk the city streets, I see people who have died of starvation. The prophets and priests continue with their work, but they don't know what they're doing. Lord, have you completely rejected Judah? Do you really hate Jerusalem? Why have you wounded us past all hope of healing? We hoped for peace, but no peace came. We hoped for a time of healing, but found only terror. Lord, we confess our wickedness and that of our ancestors, too. We have all sinned against you. For the sake of your reputation, Lord, do not abandon us. Do not disgrace your own glorious throne. Please remember us, and do not break your covenant. Can any of the worthless foreign gods send us rain, Does it fall from the sky by itself? No. You are the one, O Lord our God. Only you can do such things. So we will wait for you to help us. Then the Lord said to me Even if Moses and Samuel stood before me pleading for these people, I wouldn't help them. Away with them. Get them out of my sight. And if they say to you, But where can we go? Tell them, this is what the Lord says. Those who are destined for death, to death. Those who are destined for war, to war. Those who are destined for famine, to famine. Those who are destined for captivity, to captivity. I will send four kinds of destroyers against them, says the Lord. I will send the sword to kill, the dogs to drag away, the vultures to devour, and the wild animals to finish up what is left. Because of the wicked things Manasseh, son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, did in Jerusalem, I will make my people an object of horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Who will feel sorry for you, Jerusalem? Who will weep for you? Who will even bother to ask how you are? You have abandoned me and turned your back on me, says the Lord. Therefore, I will raise my fists to destroy you. I am tired of always giving you another chance. I will winnow you like grain at the gates of your cities and take away the children you hold dear. I will destroy my own people because they refuse to change their evil ways. There will be more widows than the grains of sand on the seashore. At noontime, I will bring a destroyer against the mothers of young men. I will cause anguish and terror to come upon them suddenly. The mother of seven grows faint and gasps for breath. Her son has gone down while it is still day. She sits childless now, disgraced and humiliated, and I will hand over those who are left to be killed by the enemy. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then I said, What sorrow is mine, my mother, Oh, that I had died at birth? I am hated everywhere I go. I am neither a lender who threatens to foreclose nor a borrower who refuses to pay, yet they all curse me. The Lord replied, I will take care of you, Jeremiah. Your enemies will ask you to plead on their behalf in times of trouble and distress. Can a man break a bar of iron from the north or a bar of bronze? At no cost to them, I will hand over your wealth and treasures. AS PLUNDER TO YOUR ENEMIES, FOR SIN RUNS RAMPANT IN YOUR LAND. I WILL TELL YOUR ENEMIES TO TAKE YOU AS CAPTIVES TO A FOREIGN LAND, FOR MY ANGER BLAZES LIKE A FIRE THAT WILL BURN FOREVER. THEN I SAID, LORD, YOU KNOW WHAT'S HAPPENING TO ME. PLEASE STEP IN AND HELP ME. PUNISH MY PERSECUTORS. PLEASE GIVE ME TIME. DON'T LET ME DIE YOUNG. IT'S FOR YOUR SAKE THAT I AM SUFFERING. When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God of heaven's armies, Yahweh Sabaoth. I never joined the people in their merry feasts. I sat alone, because your hand was on me. I was filled with indignation at their sins. Why, then, does my suffering continue? Why is my wound so incurable? Your help seems as uncertain as a seasonal brook, like a spring that has gone dry. This is how the Lord responds. If you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. They will fight against you like an attacking army. But I will make you as secure as a fortified wall of bronze. They will not conquer you, for I am with you to protect you and rescue you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Yes, I will certainly keep you safe from these wicked men. I will rescue you from their cruel hands. The Lord gave me another message. He said, Do not get married or have children in this place. For this is what the Lord says about the children born here in this city and about their mothers and fathers. They will die from terrible diseases. No one will mourn for them or bury them, and they will lie scattered on the ground like manure. They will die from war and famine, and their bodies will be food for the vultures and wild animals. This is what the Lord says. Do not go to funerals to mourn and show sympathy for these people for I have removed my protection and peace from them I have taken away my unfailing love and my mercy both the great and the lowly will die in this land no one will bury them or mourn for them their friends will not cut themselves in sorrow or shave their heads in sadness no one will offer a meal to comfort those who mourn for the dead not even at the death of a mother or father no one will send a cup of wine to console them and do not go to their feasts and parties. Do not eat and drink with them at all. For this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, Yahweh Savio, the God of Israel, says, In your own lifetime, before your very eyes, I will put an end to the happy singing and laughter in this land. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will no longer be heard. When you tell the people all these things, they will ask, Why has the Lord decreed such terrible things against us? What have we done to deserve such treatment? What is our sin against the Lord our God? Then you will give them the Lord's reply. It is because your ancestors were unfaithful to me. They worshipped other gods and served them. They abandoned me and did not obey my word. And you are even worse than your ancestors. You stubbornly follow your own evil desires and refuse to listen to me so i will throw you out of this land and send you into a foreign land where you and your ancestors have never been there you can worship idols day and night and i will grant you no favors but the time is coming says the lord when people who are taking an oath will no longer say as surely as the lord lives who rescued the people of israel from the land of egypt instead they will say, As surely as the Lord lives, who brought the people of Israel back to their own land, from the land of the country of the north, and from all the countries to which he had exiled them. For I will bring them back to this land that I gave to their ancestors. First Thessalonians 2, 9-3, 13 Don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we, Paul, and his co workers worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preached God's good news to you. You yourselves are our witnesses, and so is God, that we were devout. And honest and faultless toward all of you believers, and you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy, for he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us. You didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very Word of God, which, of course, it is. And this Word continues to work in you who believe. And then, dear brothers and sisters, you suffered persecution from your own countrymen. In this way, you imitated the believers in God's churches in Judea, who, because of their belief in Yeshua, suffered from their own people, the Jews. For some of the Jews killed the prophets and some even killed the Lord Yeshua. Now they have persecuted us too. They fail to please God and work against all humanity as they try to keep us from preaching the good news of salvation to the Gentiles. By doing this, they continue to pile up their sins. But the anger of God has caught up with them at last, dear brothers and sisters. After we were separated from you for a little while, though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. We wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. After all, what gives us hope and joy, and what will be our proud reward and crown, as we stand before our Lord Yeshua when He returns? It is you, yes, You are our pride and joy. Finally, when we could stand it no longer, we decided to stay alone in Athens, and we sent Timothy to visit you. He is our brother and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Yeshua. We sent him to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you were going through. But you know that we are destined for such troubles. Even while we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come, and they did, as you well know. That is why, when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you, and that our work had been useless. But now Timothy has just returned, bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. So, we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. How we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. Night and day, we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again to fill the gaps in your faith. May God our Father and our Lord Yeshua bring us to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. May He, as a result, make your heart strong blameless and holy as you stand before god our father when our lord yeshua comes again with all his holy people amen psalm 81 to 19 please listen o shepherd of israel you who lead joseph's descendants like a flock O God, enthroned above the cherubim, display your radiant glory to Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Show us your mighty power. Come to rescue us. Turn us again to yourself, O God. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. O Lord God of heaven's armies, Yahweh Saviot, how long will you be angry with our prayers? You have fed us with sorrow and made us drink tears by the bucketful you have made us the scorn of neighboring nations. our enemies treat us as a joke. Turn us again to yourself, O God of heaven's armies. Make your face shine down upon us, only then will we be saved. You brought us from Egypt like a grapevine, you drove away the pagan nations and transplanted us into your land. You cleared the ground for us, and we took root and filled the land. Our shade covered the mountains, our branches covered the mighty cedars. We spread our branches west to the Mediterranean Sea. Our shoots spread east to the Euphrates River. But now, why have you broken down our walls, so that all who pass by may steal our fruit? The wild boar from the forest devours it, and the wild animals feed on it. Come back, we beg you. O God of heaven's armies, Yahweh Sabaoth, look down from heaven and see our plight. Take care of this great vine that you yourself have planted, this son you have raised for yourself. For we are chopped up and burned by our enemies. May they perish at the sight of your frown. Strengthen the man you love, the son of your choice. Then we will never abandon you again. Revive us, so we can call on your name once more. Turn us again to yourself, O Lord God of heaven's armies, Yahweh Sabaoth. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. Proverbs 25, 1-5 These are more Proverbs of Solomon collected by the advisers of King Hezekiah of Judah. It is God's privilege to conceal things, and the king's privilege to discover them. No one can comprehend the height of heaven, the depth of the earth, or all that goes on in the king's mind. Remove the impurities from silver, and the sterling will be ready for the silversmith. Remove the wicked from the king's court, and his reign will be made secure by justice." 4, 3, 2, 1. As I read the chapter from chapter 14 and 15 and 16 of Jeremiah, what came to my mind is that many of the things that he's expressing here from his heart regarding the destruction of his people, Judah, the southern kingdom, it's so applicable to what's going on today. One of the nicknames for Jeremiah is the weeping prophet, that he weeps. He weeps over his people. He weeps over the sin that they have been caught up in and their destruction. And there are some passages in these chapters that we read today that actually would work very well as prayers that we can pray right now, today, over our own nation that we live in. Whether you are in Australia, New Zealand, Spain, uh, France, England, Germany, Israel, the U.S., wherever you live, we can take some of these passages and pray them over our nation. I'll start in verse 19 where it reads, Lord, have you completely rejected Judah? And it's, Lord, have you completely rejected Australia? Have you completely rejected Spain? Have you completely rejected France? Have you completely rejected the United States? Fill in the blank with your country. Why have you wounded us past all hope of healing? We hoped for peace, but no peace came. So here's where we can begin to pray, starting in verse 20. Yahweh, we confess our wickedness. And that of our ancestors, too. We all have sinned against you. For the sake of your reputation, Yahweh, do not abandon us. Do not disgrace your own glorious throne. Please remember us. And do not break your covenant with us. What covenant is he referring to? It's the covenant that Yah made at Mount Sinai with his people. When the Ten Commandments were given through Moses to the people, he was inviting them to step into a marriage covenant with him, to be betrothed to him as his bride. Also, it's speaking of the covenant that God made with Abram. And in Genesis, which we read today, we'll flip back now to Genesis chapter 12, verses 7, or let's start in verse 6. Genesis 12.6, here's the covenant that God made with Abram, and it has to do with the land, that he was going to give him a land for him and for his descendants. Genesis 12.6, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. That's modern-day Nablus. There he set up camp beside the Oak of Moray, and at that time the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give you this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. I've been there. I've been to that hilltop in Israel uh, where the big oak tree is, the Oak of Moray, the very place where God spoke to Abram and said, Look look at this land all around you, to the north, the south, the east, and the west, to this, this land I will give to your descendants. It's um, not far from the town of Shiloh. You can see Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal in the distance. It's quite a viewpoint. And so this is the covenant that Jeremiah is referring to. Please remember us. Do not break your covenant with us. So he is interceding not only for his people, but for the ancestors as well. And, and we can do that. We can pray and confess our sins as a nation and as a people and also the sins of our ancestors. And so we are seeing, I believe, judgment coming from God. Now, at a certain level of analysis... You can say, okay, well, this pandemic, the virus came from a lab in China and there are some bad actors, some black hats involved in this and they released it intentionally and purposefully. And you can look at it at that level. But ultimately, Yahweh is sovereign. He is El Elyon. He is the most high. He is in control. He is sovereign. And any kind of things like that that happens that's from the dark side, Yahweh has allowed it. He has permitted it. You could say, uh, even as the Lord sent the Assyrian army to conquer the northern kingdom and take them into captivity, and the Lord sent the Babylonians to come in and conquer and to take the southern kingdom into captivity and into exile, similarly, the Lord has sent this virus upon the earth as a plague. And it is certainly getting our attention. It is causing much human suffering, and we are seeing a huge rise in fascism and tyranny in places like Australia and France, and even in America, in how this whole thing uh, is being rolled out, that there's tyranny and fascism involved. People are being required to take the vaccine, or they can't work. Can't work at a hospital, can't work at an airline, can't work as a doctor or a nurse, can't work for the federal government, can't work for the state government, unless you get vaccinated, get the the jab. So, continuing on in Jeremiah, chapter 14, or actually chapter 15, verse 3. I will send four kinds of destroyers against them, says the Lord. I will send the sword to kill the dogs to drag away the vultures to devour, and the wild animals to finish up what is left. Because of the wicked things Manasseh, son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, did in Jerusalem, I will make my people an object of horror to all the kingdoms of the earth. You could take out the name Manasseh and substitute it with perhaps a governing, leading authority in your own nation that's currently in power or perhaps the predecessor that has set up these conditions where people are treated like second-class citizens. They're treated like objects. Um, they're beaten by the police and taken away to internment camps. Whatever governing authority is allowing that, you fill in the blank. Let's continue on. And in chapter... 15 Verse 15 of Jeremiah. Lord, you know what's happening to me. Please step in and help me. Again, consider this a prayer. Take the Word of God and pray it. Pray the Word of God. Please step in and help me punish my persecutors. Please give me time. Don't let me die young. It's for your sake that I am suffering. When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Yahweh Oat, the Lord God of heaven's armies. Are you suffering or being persecuted because of what you believe, because of the stand that you have made in the word of God, because of the walk that you are walking? Are you getting pushback from co-workers or a boss or from family members because of the stand that you've taken, and the walk that you are walking. Be encouraged in these words that we just read and ask the Lord to strengthen you. Let's continue on because this really is a powerful prayer that we can pray. Jeremiah 15, starting in verse 19 to 21. This is how the Lord responds. And so we are getting to hear a conversation that Jeremiah has with the Lord. He's talking to the Lord in prayer. He's bringing his petition before the Lord, and then the Lord is answering him, and we get to hear and see and listen to this conversation. And so this is how the Lord is going to respond to Jeremiah, starting in verse 19. The Lord says to Jeremiah, if you return to me, I will restore you, so you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, You will be my spokesman. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. They will fight against you like an attacking army, but I will make you as secure as a fortified wall of bronze. They will not conquer you, for I am with you to protect you and rescue you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Yes, I will certainly keep you safe from these wicked men I will rescue you from their cruel hands. And so, this is the Lord's response to Jeremiah, and this is the Lord's response to you and me. In whatever trial we're going through, whatever heartache, whatever uh, difficulty or tribulation that we're going through, in how this whole COVID pandemic has been affecting you in the workplace and in your home, and in your family. The Lord is saying, he's going to be with you. And really, this COVID vaccine, it's really not a vaccine. It's experimental drug therapy. It's not a vaccine. It has really caused, the enemy has used it to bring division. To bring division within the nations. To bring division within Uh, employment companies, to bring division within families. People have to take a side. They have to decide where do they stand with this. Are they going to take the jab or are they not going to take the jab? And if they choose not to take the jab, there are some pretty big consequences that happen. People are losing their jobs. They're not able to go to work they're not able to participate in the public arena, the public square. And they can't go to a restaurant or go out at all without this jab in some places, in places like Australia and France and Canada. And um, it's like this darkness is descending very rapidly upon the nations. And it's one thing if there was a, an experimental vaccine jab and it's completely up to you whether you choose to take it or not. But there's no choice being given. It's being forced. It's being mandated. It's tyrannical. It's right out of the Nazi playbook. And then, of course, um, the propaganda machine is ratcheted up in high gear. And people are being brainwashed. And the way you control the masses is through fear. People are afraid of dying, and so they take the jab. I'm not afraid to die, because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You can walk in fear, or you can choose to walk in faith. Okay, let's continue on in Jeremiah. And in chapter 16, verses 14 and 15, is what I call a greater Exodus passage. It is a key passage that really points us to the fact that there is going to be a greater Exodus to come. It makes a direct comparison to the first Exodus when they left Egypt, but this greater Exodus to come will happen throughout all the nations and all the places where God's people are scattered and the conditions are being made ready and ripening. Um, the, The Hebrews were living in Egypt and they were oppressed. They were treated with cruelty. They were under the boot of Pharaoh and they were slaves and they worked very hard and they cried out to the Lord, rescue us, get us out of here. And the Lord heard their cry. He paid attention to it. He remembered his covenant that he had made with Abraham that he was going to give them a land, and then he sent Moses to uh, bring them out of Egypt and to deliver them. So here is this greater Exodus passage, verse 14, Jeremiah chapter uh, 16, starting in verse 14. But the time is coming, says the Lord. The time is coming, it's future. When people who are taking an oath will no longer say, As surely as the Lord lives who rescued the people of Israel from the land of Egypt. Instead, they will say, As surely as the Lord lives who brought the people of Israel back to their own land from the land of the north and from all the countries to which he had exiled them. For I will bring them back to this land. That I gave their ancestors, and this is, applies to non-Jews as well as Jews. So the land, the people of Israel includes all twelve tribes. Judah is only one of the twelve tribes. Judah is refers to the Jews, but it also includes the Northern Kingdom, the ten tribes of the north, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel. So this is a promise that God has made that there is going to be a time in the future where there will be a greater exodus to come. And however he accomplish it, it's going to be stunning and stellar and amazing and awesome. And when things are good and comfortable and all is well, we don't long to leave our nation. We're comfortable. We have deep roots. We have families and jobs and houses and homes that we live in. But when we go through oppression and fascism and tyranny and we lose our jobs and our sons or daughters won't talk to us because they, won't, they want us to take the jab and we are saying, I will not take the jab. When, when the conditions are like that, then you get to a place where people are ready to leave because of the oppression and the slavery. And when the conditions are extremely uncomfortable, that's when people are willing to leave. And those are the conditions that prepare us for this greater exodus to come. If life was all good and comfortable, we wouldn't want to leave, would we? But when we go through these trials, then it's like, okay, Lord, I'm ready to leave. I want to go home. I want to go to Israel. You say the word and I'll follow you. And it's not going to be a word. It's going to be, however he does it, it's going to be amazing. I believe we will see the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night again as they saw it. Why do I think that? Let me just share with you from Isaiah chapter 4. It's a very short chapter, but this chapter does tell us that there's going to be a Restoration, a future redemption where the cloud by day and pillar of fire by night will be seen again. In Isaiah chapter 4, starting in verse 2 to verse 6. But in that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious. The fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of all who survive in Israel. All who remain in Zion will be a holy people those who survive the destruction of Jerusalem and are recorded among the living. The Lord will wash the filth from beautiful Zion and cleanse Jerusalem of its bloodstains with the hot breath of fiery judgment. Then the Lord will provide shade for Mount Zion and all who assemble there. He will provide a canopy of cloud during the day and smoke and flaming fire at night, covering the glorious land. It will be a shelter from daytime heat and a hiding place from storms and rain. And that's the New Living Translation. So, be encouraged. Uh, It's always darkest before the dawn. And we are coming into the nighttime. Things are getting dark. But the light of Yeshua shines. It shines in heaven, and it shines in your heart and in mine. And may we shine his light in the darkness around us. Shalom, and we'll see you tomorrow. America. Yeah, yeah, I do.